Hello, I'm Robert Hoffman. And I'm Chris Panico. And this is No Nonsense Storytime, a podcast where we take all of your favorite children's stories, we do a, we go through them, and we get out all the nonsense that's in them, and we, we put in only facts, and reason, and logic, and math, and science, and uh, butter. Real butter, not margarine. Yeah, not real butter. That's what we do. Real butter. Real butter. Um... <laughs> What book are we doing this week, Bobby? We're doing uh, Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins by Eric Kimmel. Yes, we are. I'm really excited about this book. Yep. <clears throat> um, I never heard of this book until, I guess, last year I heard about it because we were looking for holiday-themed stories, but we passed it over last time. Yeah. And this year we decided is the year to finally tackle Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins. Yeah. yeah. We decided not to pass it over this time because it's not Passover, it's Hanukkah. Good one, Bobby. Thank you. Very topical. <laughs> yep. Very clever. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. What do, we, what do you want to do? <laughs> well, we could talk a little bit about Eric Kimmel, okay. if you know anything about him. What do you know about Eric Kimmel? That's my um, question I'm for you. I'm pretty sure he was born in Brooklyn. Yep. Um, he has over 50 children's books. <laughs> over and... 50 children. Eric yeah. Kimmel just... <laughs> He's a very child prolific child. man. It's <laughs> very prolific. Um, and I do know that this book is a Caldecott award-winning book. I can and see that's why. it. His Wikipedia page is slim. Yep. yep. Also, his website is pretty slim. Yep. I mean, not not everybody has like that much to say about him, and they're you know, like yeah. he's just like an author. He writes books. He has an English degree. He has a wife. What I mean, that's that's it. That's like all the notable things about him. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I'm gonna look at his website right now. Cool. That? Um, I do know some stuff that's relevant to the story. Yes, that but go ahead. Might be interesting to um talk about. Um, so the main character of this story is called Herschel of Ostropol. Is that correct, Ostropol? Yes, yeah, sounds right to me. Um. So the thing about Herschel of Ostropol, um, Ostropol is a place um, near Ukraine, and it's like a, about 100 miles from Kiev, or the place that was Ostropol is about 100 miles from yeah. Kiev. Um, and in like Jewish lore, mythology, there is a character named Herschel of Ostropol, who's based on a real-life person, but he kind of became this mythological figure, and he's a prankster, basically. Mm-hmm. Who there's all kinds of different stories about him and his shenanigans. Um, the real life version of him was a sort of jester for someone at some point. Um, I don't know if the person was a king per se, but it was you know some of person with like a patron. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so it's kind of interesting how Eric Kimmel chose this character to you know be the hero of the story yeah well he's a good improviser he's good talking about the character not eric kimmel oh, I mean, okay. he might right, be a I good improviser sure. i have not nothing no knowledge about that um yeah i mean eric kimmel i'm just he's not he was an elementary school teacher for for a while he he went to college in easton which is Close to us. Oh, cool. I didn't know there was a college in Easton. Yep. Yeah, Lafayette. Oh. Yep. 
Okay. PhD. Uh, Pretty high degree. That's what that stands for. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, I, like, I'm looking through his whole thing on his website. Nothing really. He lives in Portland. Ready? He has a cat named Doug. A snake named Pirate. Oh, that's a good name for a snake. Yep. Um, Pirate okay. the snake? He keeps a banjo next to his desk so he can practice whenever he takes a break from writing. That is such a weirdly specific thing. Yep. He's he's he loves horses and is a fairly good rider. He's only fallen off once. <laughs> he wrote this, didn't he, Bobby? <laughs> he hopes to have a horse of his own one day. Except that horses require a lot more care than snakes, cats, or fish. In, in the meantime, he's fine with a bicycle. So why doesn't he write adult novels, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I. <laughs> That's probably the closest he's come. Oh, man. That was a lot of shade. I'm sorry. But it I want... was also pretty funny. <laughs> ah. It's okay to disparage strangers to be funny. It's fine. I Look, he wants to own a horse one day. What's the most interesting thing about me? Probably less interesting than that. You know, I wanted to own a horse one day when I was six. Um, I didn't. I, I actually didn't. genuinely didn't understand why I couldn't have a horse. Did you? Like, Where? We had a we had a big backyard. Okay. Granted, not the kind of big that is enough for a horse. But we're talking like we had an acre or two. I but like but you know you if you have a dog as a kid, mm -hmm. you're like okay a dog requires this much space. A horse requires. I was like, there is room for the horse to fit. Yeah. And it a could horse. walk around and... Two acres? I, do you know when I learned that two acres is not enough for a horse? Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, I still don't even know how much an acre is. But an acre's big. It's... Maybe our whole property is two acres. I don't know. The point is our backyard is big in, like, the sense of backyards... Mm -hmm. But very small compared to what a horse should live on, you know, because it's a horse. Yeah. You know, you ever go past a horse farm? There's a lot of space. Um, But more importantly, an acre is 43,000 square feet. OK, so maybe we had an acre. I thought an acre was bigger than that. I thought it was smaller. An acre is if you put like. What's an acre compared to a football field? How big is a football I know that's field? Good. It's a well, it's a hundred yards down, and I don't know how many yards across. I guess an acre is probably pretty close to a football field. If you calculate the entire area of a football field, including the end zones, it works out to fifty-seven thousand six hundred square feet. Oh, so it's smaller than a football field. It's smaller than a football field. Okay. Pretty close to one. A football field is one point three two acres. Okay, so maybe... yeah, I thought an acre was way bigger than that. Maybe my property was like one to two acres ish, but yeah. not like perfect squares. Yeah, not big enough um, for a horse. Not big enough for a horse, you know. Yeah. But if you're a kid, it's a big old backyard. Oh, yeah. that's That sounds fun. Um, a good time. Anyway, I, I digress. <laughs> um, and maybe I'll tell you what happens in this story. Um, <laughs> maybe. maybe. So the main character is 
Herschel of Ostropol. This is the, our most horse-heavy episode yet. <laughs> it was bound to happen. Yep. Um, the main character is Herschel of Ostropol, and he's wandering through the night, and he wants to get to the nearest village to celebrate Hanukkah. It's the first night of Hanukkah. He gets to this village, everything's dark, and he's confused because there's no Hanukkah candles in any of the windows, and he meets some villagers, and they're like, oh, we don't do Hanukkah because there are goblins that hate Hanukkah. And they destroy Hanukkah, and they destroy our dreidels, <laughs> which was the best part. Yeah. Um, so he's like, what? That's ridiculous. We can't let that happen. So I think a rabbi tells him how to get rid of them, because apparently they know how to save the town from Hanukkah, but they can't. Mm -hmm. and what you're supposed to do is you have to spend every night of Hanukkah in this old um, synagogue. Yeah. And light the candles every night and the goblins are going to come and try to stop you and on the last night the king of the goblins is going to come and you have to get him to light all the candles by himself and that'll save Hanukkah and the goblins will go away um, and Herschel says I, I can do that so he goes and he spends every night of Hanukkah there each night different goblins come and he tricks them in different ways yep. um, and at the end he tricks the the big bad goblin saves Hanukkah. It does destroy the... There's something that destroys the entire synagogue, I guess removing the powers from the demon goblin. Mm -hmm. And then Herschel's on top of a hill with a menorah that's all lit and saved Hanukkah. The end. Good. Good, Good job. Thought that was going to be more, a lot more detailed in the middle there. Yeah, well, I, I thought about you, doing it, but there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, you, there's like you a whole different like form of trickery with each goblin. Yep. So like we can talk about the specifics of the episode. Yeah, we, just, yeah, we'll have to we'll talk about the ones we need to. Yeah, it would have been a long recap. Yep. I felt like short and sweet is good to eat. It's yeah. It got to the point where even the author was just like, and then on these nights, other yeah. stuff happened. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So, what what is the moral of the story, Bobby? Um, it's hmm. It's a story about courage okay. and about faith. Okay. You know, like it is. There is definitely a religious moral. That's yeah. not all of it, but you know, at the end. I think a lot a lot of it has to do with faith. And it's like both faith in God mm -hmm. and in yourself. Like in you like he, he has to trust that he can do it. Yeah. In order to do it. And like you said, like this whole town of people who know how to do it but never have. And he's like, I'm gonna do it because I can and it's the right thing to do. So he goes up and he, you know, faces his fear. And at the end, when he's, you know, facing the big, scary Goblin King, mm -hmm. he's very much like, you know, oh, maker of the world, protect yeah. me, make sure, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it is like that faith, but he does, you know, he does it by himself. He he uses his wits. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I like I it. That. I, I, yeah, I, I like as far as... You know, I full, full disclosure to to people listening. This is just my personal opinion. If I read a story, and at the end of the story, it's like 
the hero of the story is like, okay, and now, now it's in God's hands or it's, you know, whatever the religious figure is in this story. Mm -hmm. And then the religious figure is the one who solves the problem. That's always very disappointing to me. I you know, feel the same. Yeah, it's it, it's just like uh, just in terms of storytelling, mm -hmm. it's like well, you want the hero to su succeed based on the merits yeah. of the hero. It's quite literally the god in the machine. Yeah, you exactly. know, which is not fun. Yep. In a, from a storytelling yeah. perspective, and that's not what happens in this story. Correct. It manages to have that sort of religious tie, religious moral mm -hmm. that you know, if you are a believer a believer and you want a story that is a fun story but also reflects your believerness mm -hmm. this is this is a good one yeah i mean and i think it is pretty consistent at least with my understanding of like sort of the judeo like relationship to god is a lot of it is really much more about what people do mm -hmm. not about things that God is going to enact. So it makes sense that Herschel does all of this stuff. Yeah. On his own with his own like cleverness and his own skills. Yeah, I really I feel like um especially in America because we have the puritan background. Mhm. Mm um there's just like such a there's such like a weird belief among certain religious circles. I don't want this whole podcast to be about religion. Nor but, do I. But but so a certain belief among like certain religious circles that like saying that like this glory of human accomplishment, like stories like that is subversive to to God, to, to God. accomplishments. And regardless of what you believe, it's not because the idea is that God gave people the ability to do these things. So if people are making these accomplishments, it's not, you know, we did this without the help of God. Right. In whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I do understand exactly what you're so saying. So I, th I feel like you could have, you could have both. I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, Now, this story is riddled with some problems. Yep, there's a lot of nonsense in here, if that's what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, It starts off pretty, pretty fine. He's wandering, He's wandering town. cold, can't wait to get to town. Yep. Gets to town. All the lights are out. There's no Hanukkah. Yeah. Um, that in and of itself is a thing that could happen, but it's this next part where <laughs> right. we don't really understand what's happening. Right. Um, they don't celebrate Hanukkah because of the goblins. Right. And so far, this isn't even really nonsense because it's not nonsense that the people in the town believe there are goblins. That sure. could that could happen for sure. Yeah. So I don't think they're being I don't think they're lying to him. I don't think they're lying either. But they can't be goblins in the way that right. they I think agree they with are that. or present yeah. them as. Yes. I think the townspeople believe that there are these Hanukkah goblins and there and there aren't. Right. There's something else going right. on. Right. And I think Herschel knows that. Yes, and that's why he's not afraid. Right. He's just like goblins isn't real. Yeah. I'm going to go do this thing. Yep. Um, now, he does meet all these different, quote-unquote, goblins throughout every night of Hanukkah. Um, and they they don't seem like much of an intellectual match for Herschel. Mm -mm. You know? He uses, like, 
pretty like transparent tactics yeah. to fool them. Like the second one is like a fat, like greedy one, and he puts his hand into a pickle jar and he picks can't. up a pickle and he can't get his hand yeah. out. Yeah. Because he's holding the pickle. Yeah. It's so, like they're not bright beings. Right. Whoever this, they are. Wasn't this in Where the Red Fern Grows? You read that? Oh book? no, I haven't. My brother uh, read it. I'm pretty sure it's it's in there. Uh and probably in real life too, where they make traps for raccoons that work that way. You oh. put something in the trap and you have two nails going this way, and the raccoons put their paw in and they won't let go of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's actual real life. I don't know. I do know raccoons are really hard to outsmart. Yeah, and apparently it works like, if you try to do it that way. Okay, I'll remember that if I have a raccoon problem. But it sort it sort of makes sense because it's like the ra- if the raccoon's not putting together that letting go is gonna make its hand easier to pull out, then why would it let go? It's like I'm stuck either way. Might as well hold on to the thing that I want. Right. So, <laughs> who? Who are these beings? That's well, that one's a raccoon, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They talk. Mm-hmm. Um I really want to talk about the first night. Go ahead. That's my Please favorite. Please do. That's my favorite bit of nonsense like in this whole one. story. Is <laughs> with the egg. Yeah, this little tiny goblin. Mm-hmm flies over no we gotta figure out how this little tiny goblin is here and speaking and all that yeah um that's gonna be tough and then how he tricks this goblin is he says i can smash a rock in my hand and pulls out a hard-boiled chicken egg yep it doesn't look anything like a rock looks like an looks like an egg the text does say that the dim light made it look like a rock but i've been in dim light and i've seen rocks and i've seen eggs yeah. And that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> but I do, you know, like magicians, you know? I also like magicians. Magicians, I do as well. Do you? <laughs> Chris Angel. Chris Angel. Mind freak. Mind freak. Herschel is Chris Angel. Herschel's Chris Angel, and the egg is one of his dumb tricks that he does. Yeah. I don't know if you know this about Chris Angel. <laughs> he does a levitation trick. The one with his foot? That he just... You just stand up on one of your feet. It's hilarious. So, there's a lot to be said about the brain's ability to believe what is told to it in a convincing manner. Right. So, are you saying that he's he his power of suggestion, Herschel's, Chris Angel's, is it's just strong enough where the the little goblin. <laughs> believes that it's a rock because he's told it's a rock so i think that's possible i I think think that's possible too i think we do have to think about yeah so we have to figure out who these goblin people are yeah i think my only theory about them this doesn't cover everything because it doesn't cover the flying or the seeming omnipotence of the last one the goblin king okay um, but it seems to me that they might just be children. Okay, yeah. They are, um, not to say children are not smart, but 
they don't have the world experience that older people do. Yeah. And can more easily be convinced of things like an egg being a rock. Right. Or they can get so caught up in the imagination, like the imaginative play that they're engaged with, that that they will play out that that egg was a rock, even if they might know that it's not. Right. And then they'll only kind of half know. Like, the the boundaries between fiction and nonfiction are not as... They're very hard, yeah. They're, they're very, very they, wavy. For it's them. very easy to dip into one or out of the other one. Um, and it does not seem unrealistic that there could be like a small band of like, like homeless children or like yep. um, orphan children that just they live in this old synagogue because where else are they gonna go? Yeah, it's like an abandoned place that's not full of snow. Yeah. Ooh, I I have a good thought. Okay. About why these tricks are working. Okay, so first night we do got to figure out how it's this little fly flying around. We got to yeah, figure we, that out. That part I don't have much for. But first night, whoever this kid is, if we're talking about a kid here, um, sees the rock thing. Now this is they they send their their not bright. You know, this is not their best kid that they're going to send on the first night. Yeah. Um, and actually, the kid's just kind of like, well, what are you doing here? You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't think they don't expect Herschel yet. So right. this is just someone wa- wandering around. Yeah. The um, scout. Yeah. And uh, Herschel does the egg thing. And this kid, I really mean, okay, this kid believes it mm-hmm. because the power suggestion, whatever. Goes back, tells the other kids, hey, there's a guy in there, and he's doing some weird stuff. So now they've already been primed. They're primed to believe that this guy is going to trick them in some weird way. And so this second kid goes in and is, like, not very trustworthy, kind of scared. So the minute his hand's stuck in that jar, he's like, it's a magic spell. I can't get out of here. Uh Uh-huh. And he asks, and Herschel confirms, yes, it is a magic spell. So he doesn't think to let go of these pickles. He doesn't think, because he's just like, I'm stuck in here. What am I going to do? Right. He's in panic mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what's the night after that? Uh, the next one, I think, is the the one with all the gold and the dreidel. That one, I feel like Herschel was just being mean. Did you feel that way in that that part? That's how I felt. I'm like, you it to take all me, this gold. It reminded me of an episode of Scooby Doo, where they were talking about doing the scary thing, and Shaggy was flipping a coin with Scooby, and it was like heads I win, tails you lose. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, that was essentially what Herschel did, just yep. with a dreidel instead of a coin. Yep. Um, <laughs> made it a little more complicated. Um, which makes sense. It would that it would fool the kid, you know, like. Yep. A young enough kid or a kid without enough experience wouldn't be able to like suss out why why this that set stuff. of rules isn't making sense to him. Yeah, and yeah, especially they don't know the game. So if they're told that these are the rules, then yeah, those are the rules. Um, I just don't really get, and also the fit that he throws at the end. He's like really mad about the game. He's like, I don't like Hanukkah. I don't like you. I don't like this game. It's very yeah. consistent with being a child. Yeah. Um, yep. I don't know what the pile of coins is about. Perhaps it's just like a pile of like 
panties or something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's, that's, like that could be a thing. That could and, be something. You know, it's like all the pennies that they've been saving for whatever. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I think they might stop specifying. Yeah, after that, that's the last one that they tell us what's going on. Yeah, until so there's like the other end. ones that fly and have three eyes and stuff. Yeah. Which, you know, these kids are making crafts and stuff. Yeah. Ooh, okay, first night, Costumes. it's a kid just in a full black costume. Mm-hmm. And he has like... He's got like a little... A little thing that he holds up. Yeah, yeah and flies around. And he does a voice of it. Yeah. Easy, done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, the toughest thing is when we get to the Goblin King. Okay, so... The first time is the seventh night, where it's just the voice. Mm-hmm. But also, like, some stormy stuff. Yeah. Which could just be a storm. You know? Uh-huh. Just a storm coming through. Um, and maybe this booming voice <clears throat> is, like, uh, all the kids get together. Mm-hmm. And they have, like, a script. And they all, like, yell at the same time to make one big scary voice. Yeah, they could do that. And then that would explain this grotesque form that... That comes in the next night. That comes the next night. It's like like one of those kids in an overcoat situations. Yeah, it's all of them, all in a clump. (laughs) Yeah. With just, like, a big overcoat over their whole clump. And you never see anything more substantial than just the silhouette. Yeah. So, like, that... Totally checks out. Yeah, it's at this point that Herschel really starts to get scared. Mm-hmm. I don't think until that last night is Herschel, you know, until he hears the Goblin King's scary voice, is he really scared of what's going on? Yeah. And up to this point, Herschel's been a pretty reasonable guy, but I think the combination of he's been in this creepy house by himself for so many days. Yeah. Um,. It's dark. It's cold. I imagine he's probably gone through most of his food by now. Mm-hmm. Especially like he was crushing eggs up the first day. Um, so he's probably just a little on edge. And the combination of the voice with the storm that just happens to be coming through just starts to mess with him a little bit. Yeah. So he he kind of like... He, he, he falls into some suppositions that maybe he wouldn't have made. At the top of his game. Right. And the next night when the they come with all up in the overcoat and stuff, the storm gets worse. Cause it's just been it's just been moving. Mm-hmm. So much so that after he, you know, gets the guy to light the candles, which is another trick that like a kid would fall for. Yeah. That just happens to like line up with this hurricane hitting, I guess. And knocking down the whole house. But not the candles. Maybe it's a maybe it's a tornado. Because tornadoes can have very narrow paths. That's, po- that's possible. I know it's a stretch, but... I think... Uh, so, I actually have sort of a half theory. Oh, good. Um, and it has to do with... The fact that the kids at the end you know, get quote-unquote destroyed Mm -hmm. after this thing happens with the candles and the candles don't. That's A. B, 
the fact that this rabbi in the beginning of the story knows what to do. Mm-hmm. So what's up with that? Maybe what? it's a game. Yeah. So I'm thinking like these kids told this rabbi this in some way. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe the rabbi went to the cave and and said, how do we, what do we do? What do we have to do? And then all the kids in their big booming Goblin King voice told the rabbi, you have to do these things. Yeah. And they were maybe even happy that Herschel had come to make this, to finally be the good guy in their game. Yeah. Yeah. And it has like a nice ending. Yeah. And they they could finally finish this game up. So, um, just as a point of clarity, does the rabbi believe that they're goblins or does he know that they're kids who either think they're goblins or are pretending they're goblins? I like the rabbi believing they're goblins. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Because that, that makes it more believable that all the townspeople believe it. Yeah. Because if he believes it... Then why is he not going to say, yeah. You know, he's going to be the voice that everyone listens to. Exactly. He's yeah. the kind of leader. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. And um, I think that covers it. Yeah. It was a good book. I really liked it. Yeah, it's a good book. Um, the new moral of this story is that it's not that hard to trick a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not. Even though children can hold an entire holiday hostage somehow. It's not that... Um, and let me add to that. It's also not that hard to trick an adult. <laughs> That's true. It's, it may be even easier to trick a whole town. Yeah. Than it is to trick one person. The, the more people there are, the more, like, I think the necessity of clarity is important. The mob mentality takes over. It really does. And you need so few, like, solid facts. Yeah. You, and it just needs to be scary. That's all it has to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, they did do that. Yep. Well done. Well done. Thanks for listening to No Nonsense Storytime. I'm Chris Panica. And I'm Robert Hoffman. Join us next time, which will not be very far from now, because we're doing these episodes back to back. Yep. Um, for our final holiday episode of 2019, our final episode of 2019, where we talk about A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Um, and in the meantime, if you'd like to suggest some stories for our next year, if you have any questions, comments... Uh, pictures of video pictures of video that you'd like to send <laughs> us um, you could do so at no nonsense <laughs> no nonsense story, picture, take a picture of a video like your grandmother no nonsense story time at gmail.com 
um, you know, like us on Facebook, connect with us, share your darkest secrets. Yeah. Tell us uh, what kind of food you like. Mm, Food. Do that. And we'll see you very soon. Yep. Goodbye. Bye.